to the show. I'm Todd. We got Andy with us. This is the writer's block, not just the show. We talk about writing and stuff like that. So, you know, should probably specify that. Uh, so today we have a number of uh, fascinating topics. Um, what do you want to start with, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kamara? Of all the many topics that we could choose, which, ah. one, which one is most we enticing to you to talk about today? Let's we can dive into your the uh, save the cat book that you recommended before, and the board cards. It seems like you have a lot to say about that, and I'm interested to hear your opinion and then um, give so, my feedback that I haven't started doing yet. I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. I can say a few things, at least at least a couple sentences. Um, so save the cat. Uh, the book that we're referencing is a, a book by Blake Snyder. This is what it looks like. We each have one. It's almost like we're taking a class on Save the Cat or something. Uh, so, so this book uh, called The Last Book on Screenwriting That You'll Ever Need is a book about screenwriting. However, screenwriting and writing in general, it's kind of the same process in a way. Different in some ways, but similar enough where this book applies. Uh, it's a book that my uncle recommended to me. I I've probably gone over this previous episodes. I feel, yeah, I feel like you have. But anyways, though, um, the part that Andy's talking about, uh, board cards, is well, basically the idea is that you have this, <laughs> God, I'm not really too prepared for this, but you have this board, basically. The idea is you, but, have a board. you don't have like to a, have a board. But, like a cork board? Yeah, yeah, and you know you have a bunch of different scenes planned out on this board. You know, it's used in screenwriting to show exactly what's going on, where, and whatever. Uh, and so I, I did this with my first book and my second book, I think. This is, uh, these are the cards. I used, I didn't have a cork board, not a, a big enough one because I have quite a few, you know, Damn. scenes. But um, so an, let, me, let me find a decent, uh, all right, so, so here's one. It's a... Uh, my handwriting is atrocious. It's a good thing I type out my books because if I wrote them all by hand, you would not be able to read them. So one of the things that you need for these uh, board cards is, you know, is it an interior or an exterior, inside, outside? And then exterior of what, or the interior of what, you know? So here it's the exterior, the interior of, you know, the main character's car, Frank. And he's driving his daughter to school. It goes over what's going on, you know, and she's upset that she's late to school again because her dad was you know, not the best father at the time. Uh, Frank tries to explain his hardships, tells him blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyways, see, so you, you kind of give a brief description of the scene, and then you have uh, a couple other points, you know, like Frank speeds and runs through stop signs to get his daughter to school on time. However, he fails to get her to school on time, and his daughter criticizes his alcoholism. That's one of the conflicts that you, because he, he right on you know, you're down the conflict of the scene, you know, if there is one, is one that says uh, Frank is trying, but his attempts are met with negativity and pushback and, uh, you know, like he's trying to do better, but he's not necessarily necessarily getting the support. And so that's, uh, these are basically like the, it's what's going on in the scene and then the major objectives that you want to get out of the scene, you know, the, the something to push the plot forward a little bit more. And, uh, it's basically, you do, a, a card like that for all the scenes in your book 
or that you have throughout your book. So you can make your outline, you know, however long it is, and then you break the outline down into more detailed scenes. And then you end up with, you know, 400 cards like this. Now it's for me, like when I was writing this book, I had them all laid out on, um, on a table so I could, you know, do it scene by scene. I would add in cards, you know, to build the story more if I thought, it need, if I thought it needed, or if I wanted to, whatever. And basically it's just, why I like it is it's a good way to organize your story and keep track of what's going on because it's this is a very this is basically a very detailed outline basically and so you can, it's easy to add stuff it's easy to rearrange scenes you can move this scene a little bit farther over or what have you so uh, that's the idea behind board cards um, it, I don't remember, I haven't read this book in a few years. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's what the author was looking to do when he suggested board cards. Although, you know, again, he suggested board cards for screenwriting. You know, so I kind of you kind of adapt that to your own writing for a novel, book, short story, what have you. But you know, so any any questions? Well, do you think you could? Do I was thinking like, oh, I could just do all that on like my memo pad that I have here. Well, this is my podcast one. I don't know where my novel one went somewhere in this place. But um, but then when you said if you wanted to add more in between, like you mm -hmm. could add another card in between two other scenes. Yeah. I was like, oh, that makes more sense because then if I have it all written down on the memo pad and then I'm like, oh, I need to add something else. Now there's a lot of squiggly lines and arrows. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's really yeah. nice. I mean, it's. Cause you, you see the card, you know, you know where you're at, you know, you know, what's going on, you know, who's in the scene and it's just things that you might forget or something like that, that, or might not be in the, the outline. And you know, I, I, to me, I like it quite a bit. I, I, I still do it. Like this is the, uh, the these are the cards for the, the book, uh, the sound of silence one that was a lot like Harry. Harry. So, you know, did all that for nothing, but. Well, um, you could still <laughs> I, I have to like, completely redo it. So. Is it really that? It was really that. It, and you didn't even read Carrie. I hadn't read Carrie. It was, it's. The, this so that one. means you're just the next Stephen King without <laughs> being the next Stephen King. Maybe. That's what you're Could be. Um, so it's, it's a religious family. The. Well, I mean, can you still, just tweak some of the stuff to I make it not? I'd have to tweak. I have to tweak a whole lot. I mean, you have a crazy daughter, religious parents. Okay, it can uh, be so instead of religious parents, have them be atheist. The, I mean, I could, but the and then they have the, have them the, like follow some their own code, like just create a, your own their own code or following. The thing is, is like they were already they were following a very fringe religion. Um, that uh, I forget exact. I think it's called. I don't know if it's actually fringe anymore. I think it's actually growing, but I think it's called uh, Pentecostal or something like that. So it's a religion where. You you know you speak in tongues and stuff like that. It's an offshoot. It's an offshoot of Christianity somehow. One of those hundreds of different types of Christian like uh, religion. But it's, it was also very conservative. It was a very locally based conservative version of a Pentecostal teachings. You know, uh, like certain media they couldn't listen to. You know, like couldn't read certain books. It took place in the eighties, so you know couldn't watch any of the mainstream movies that people watch couldn't read the books couldn't listen to the music you know i had to listen to classic you stuff. could still but take the religion, that but the religion was a big part of 
why the family was the way it was. Okay, and instead of religion, make it something else. Make it a cult. Make it. It's the thing is, is I it's I I can't. It would have to redo almost everything. Like I couldn't just make it. A, I could make it a cult, but then it would be an entirely different story. You know. Um, so we'll call, and then the, the, the lady is crazy because she wants to get out of it, but she's been brainwashed, so she doesn't know how the real world actually works. So she seems crazy. And yeah, the I mean, people think for her leaving is crazy. Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a project that's way on the back burner right now. Like, it's, I already tried doing some rewrites, I already tried looking up through other avenues. Uh, I'll probably end up releasing it as a short story at some point, but I, I it's not even on my list anymore. It was it was supposed to come out the last year or this year. I was well, it was one some it was on my next on my list, you know. But I just I have to change a lot because, and it's not just the religion, you know. It's also the the daughter who has sort of like super, not supernatural abilities, but like a supernatural connection to you know what she thinks is God, and there were just there are a lot of similarities to um carry like hmm. not just the religious point not just the family not just her being an outcast but i mean we're talking at the end of the book uh she was gonna burn down the church and it was gonna be this big mess but you know guess what happens at the end of the carry book you know spoiler alert town gets destroyed i mean, I mean there there is so there are so many similarities that huh. it's just i have to go all the way back this part and start taking out a whole crap ton of cards because you know it's just too spot on so I, i'm well, not even worried about that right now well it's, just, it's good to know that uh we can uh you can be stephen king's ghostwriter when he can't write anymore maybe i mean I, it wasn't written in the same so he he wrote carrie with uh like he had a mixture of like first person uh writing and then also third person like news articles and stuff like that it's a really cool method that i'm actually probably going to use for my dystopia series but i hadn't been writing that series the way that he wrote that but actually i mean i was i was writing it from like a uh the future like it, it the, a lot of the scenes take place in like 1987 or 1986 but they're being recalled from like 1994 when the crazy lady is being interviewed, but yeah, I got I gotta figure that out. That's a it's a mess for another day, probably in like five months when I have less stuff to do. But yeah, any other questions on uh, save the cat or uh, well, you know, uh, these cards? I do recommend uh, if you you know, so like how, ninety nine cents you get hundred hundred index cards. So how detail? So how how many scenes have, did you just pick the major scenes? Every scene. You every scene. So even yeah. if like like the beginning of my novel, before they find out, All right, let me there's let a me, body. There's a okay. Spoiler alert. There's a body that washes up on. Let the, me show you what know. I got. Okay. okay. Right, so the very first scene is a uh, it's a conversation taking place on a news network about um, basically. It's, well, it's on here. It's the Defense of Freedom Act, but it's the legislation that allowed the viral pandemic that happened in my book to happen in the first place. So, 
you know, kind of funny that we're in that now. But anyways, also a psychic too. So you got a lot of going for you to make millions of dollars. Yeah, I, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter. I do tarot card readings as well. I can tell you your future. Uh, just kidding. But uh, yeah, so it starts off with that conversation. Then it jumps ahead four years to uh, actually five years to like the very next scene, which is the main character waking up next to his wife who is pissed off at him because he messed up. <laughs> the next scene is when he drives his daughter to work. The next scene is when he's at work. You know, the next scene is uh, a flashback from when he was, <laughs> this is going to sound awful, a grocery manager. <laughs> and he was, uh, he came into work drunk and uh, made a big mess. And then this is uh, the next scene. Uh, the It's funny. Um, so the, the grocery store that he works at is called Skaggs, I think. Skaggs used to be a, uh, what? You got a little I smile. I, I, I'm just listening. Oh, just... Well, in the, okay, I, in my, uh, at my mom's house where I, used to, I grew up at, we had a medicine cabinet. And inside the cabinet was this old pharmacy sheet from what was called Albertson's Skaggs, which I would assume was put on that medicine cabinet 50 or 60 years ago. So I, I think like Albertson's, the grocery store, there's a either a pharmacy store or another grocery store called Skaggs. They merged. I haven't ever seen a Skaggs, but it's got the name from that. But uh, anyways, there's that. And then the next scene is comes back to the present and he's at home. The next scene is uh, he's in his bedroom with his wife trying to uh, you know, do stuff. And then <laughs> uh, the next scene is at the bar because he didn't get to do stuff and then <laughs> um uh so basically like every single scene you know one after another is and I, as detailed as possible i'm just I, I did this super detailed and i got seventy thousand words out of it so hmm. you know All right. it's because uh, it, it's worth my it's my like, question was going to be like i already had this written down i'm not going to change it right now anyway but the opening scene is the police chief and his second in command driving down i don't know main street or like one of the busy streets and the yeah. chief of police is commenting how it's like more of his, of his speed like he doesn't it's 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 busy out it's but it's tourist season but it's not constant like yeah you know big city living sort of thing yeah, so, and then he and then he gets the call from the dispatcher saying, you know, there was a body that washed up on shore. Spoil alert. <laughs> Somebody died. Yeah. Shocker. Anyway, so wow. would you so what I so I would put that on a card, even though it has like other than the body washing ashore, yeah, that we, whole previous you wanna, scene. You, see, you don't really want to write all the dialogue on it. Like you just you kind of want to be as want it to be as concise as possible. So you'd write, you know, in deputy's car driving to X place. Uh, chief is talking to deputy about whatever, whatever. Yeah, and then call comes in. You know, you might even want okay. to do the call on a separate card. Okay. Uh, if you have a like, if you have this planned banter between the, sh the chief and the deputy, then you might want that to be one scene, and then and a second, a separate scene or like a part two, if you will, with the call with the coroner, whoever it was that calls. Okay. The, yeah. And so dispatch. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, right. uh, again, too, like if, if there's conflict, you know, like obviously like conflict is kind of what pushes the story forward. Mm -hmm. So if you, you want to try to have 
some kind of tension if you know like, i think your, your chief and your deputy have a little bit of tension right there's a little bit of, yeah so you know maybe you want to or you maybe want to keep note of that in here like you know deputy still pissed off that well because that's what i say know. like that's what i write in my that's like the part of it too like there's a little brief like two or three sentences saying how he doesn't he felt like he should have gotten the job over yeah. this guy yeah and you know and also like you could write on the card you know it's inside the cop car but maybe it's cloudy outside maybe it's raining okay you know little things that you also might you know they might want to put in the text that you might often forget you know so definitely like trying to focus in on my novel a little bit more than my short stories definitely for all you young up-and-coming writers out there like us outlining and doing like Stuff like that definitely helps more than free, just going off of freehand. Here's this is the um, uh, this is what the card looks like in the book. So, I, it, just to kind of better show what's uh, what, what the author is going for, you know, okay. conflict, the, what's going on in the scene, and do that for each scene, you know, as concise as possible, but you know, with as much like as concise as possible without losing anything. You could end up having a pretty decent story you know like to be honest with you um i didn't even consider starting to write that sound of silence book until i had like a, a fairly you know thick collection of notes them out you know because you know when i see this you know this turned into seventy thousand words so you know the idea is hopefully i can get the same out of this not happening here but you know that that's the, the idea you know and obviously also you know you can use it to maybe keep track of oh maybe i replicated the scene here and there you know i don't need to say this twice you know i mean maybe you didn't realize it that he had similar scenes or similar conversations and you can use it to maybe continue to uh, uh like, like diversify the conversations going on so like you know you you can keep in like a rotation of characters as opposed to having it be the, the deputy and the sheriff the deputy and the sheriff maybe you have the you know the postal service guy come in right you know you know what i mean like you yeah kind of keep this fresh rotation of characters and yeah depends on what that you kind of, for. well because i kind of have an idea of what a better idea of what i want this like first part to be but it's definitely hard to sit down and write it yeah like we're live but that definitely now i'm gonna have to do that i'm yeah. gonna have to i'm probably gonna go out tomorrow now and buy well cards. I, I would also say like the first step is still an outline that way you can see because like see what, know okay. the path from you know scene one scene you know whatever the end is z i guess uh well you know what the ending is i'm not we're not going to spoil it here online everybody uh, dies but uh hey you, you want to see like you won't be able to do this if all you see in front of you is you know clouds so you want, you want to see that road all the way to the end i guess yeah. another question is is like this helps you right, let me one, one quick thing before okay. i forget so like uh I, you know, my memory is crap. So if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget it. And that's it. So with the outline, you have this like sort of dirt road that leads you to the end of your story. But in this, this paves it. This, this paves it. This is the, the, the cement that goes on the ground. Okay. Right. The asphalt, but it, 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 it was good. It, it worked until you said cement. It worked. You concrete cement, you know, bricks. I don't give a asphalt. flying hoot. Okay. The point is that this is what makes it this makes it a much smoother drive than the, the dirt road that was previously there. 
the dirt road. So, is that well, very, this like, helps too because I thought I was gonna pens have help. to, yeah, out, outline. <laughs> I like outline and have like a lot of detail, but if yeah. I can just have a basic outline without like too much detail to go like yeah. bullet points, that yeah, yeah. major plot points. Well, like yeah, major plot point. Like honestly, if you can make like a two-page outline with uh, you know all your major, major points, major events, and even like smaller events, then you take that, then you you spread that even you, you spread that out even further with these. You know, it's it's basically like you take your story, you're just trying to break it down more and more and more. So that you know what's going on, mm -hmm. see what's going on. So, could I create like a before I even do my outline? Could I create like the ending scene on a card, and then just be like, okay, this is how I want this to end. Yeah, I could do that. And then like, so I can remind myself because I'm like you. Sometimes I have to go back and what what I've written. It's like, okay, is it four months since he's moved into town? Is it six? Yeah, you know, that's what I do. You can use these to keep track of time, you know, yeah. five years later or whatever. Because I know I have summertime. I have a couple short stories using these characters. Cold or warm. But those are like separate entities. They're just kind of introductions. They have nothing to do with the actual like story. I don't mention them. They're just kind of there. Yeah. I might you re I've reused a couple characters. Um that I use in the short stories, I'll probably use that. I'll probably do that too, but not like the scenes, like the, the two kids who got lost, they might appear, they might be, they might not end up being like grocery store thieves instead. You know what I mean? But I've used them in, in the story, like a different, a short story. Like I have two park rangers that appear in both of my short stories and they're going to appear in my novel because I didn't have, it was funny because originally I didn't have them plotted out at all. And then when I wrote my four, first short story about using these characters, I was like, you know, these guys actually panned out. Like they, they worked, like it worked really well. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I should probably keep them. And then I used them again in my other short story. I was like, okay, I fleshed them out even more. And then I fleshed out like who they worked for and stuff. So yeah. I guess, the short stories actually they kind of did help outline a little bit to kind of flesh out characters but i definitely need to do the note card thing yeah i mean the the first step is just figuring out how you get to that end scene yeah and that's another thing i was thinking about of how i should have that end scene there and know exactly what it's going to look like so i can have it so when i get to the end it all makes sense yeah because sometimes i have i know what i want like in Rue, I knew how I ended. I just didn't know how it was going to start. Yeah. Yeah. Like also, other like, than bullying. It, the one bad thing about, um, or the one like difficulty in starting with the end first is that every single story move you make leading up to it has to keep that ending in mind. So, like, yeah. You know, you have to make sure that each move leads to that outcome. You know, yeah. I, I remember, uh, I wrote something a little different. I wrote a short story, something I haven't released, but it, it took place in the 1980s. And I had a character who I wrote him in as being a, um, he was, he had been not a veteran, but he was a survivor of a, the Bosnian uh, Serbian, like the breakup of Yugoslavia, which happened in the okay. early 90s. But I didn't realize until I had finished the whole series or until I finished the story that 
the story itself took place in like 1984, 10 years before the breakup of Yugoslavia. So he's like, you know, talking about, oh yeah, the my village was burned and blah, blah, blah. But like, it hadn't even happened yet. It wasn't even a thought yet. But yeah, so it's like, you gotta, I guess that's one of the issues is like forgetting about certain key things and then you have to mm. end up rewriting the whole thing. Yada, yada. Uh, yeah, I would just, you know, you could try working back from it. You know, if you start with the last card and then what scene came before that, what scene came before that, and then so far or so forth, whatever. But I wonder I wonder how that would work. It would be difficult. Yeah. I mean, I either so. way, it's, you know. I think um, definitely have working chronologically would definitely be easier. I mean, that's yeah, pretty uh what's the word that's um i can't think of the word off the top of my head me neither i have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about <laughs> but yeah i, I would it's say self-explanatory it's pretty self-explanatory to go you know chronologically front to back like beginning to end but you know could be or you could go backwards it all depends yeah, on what you're yeah it depends on yeah like Depends on how well you know your story, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it sounds like you're missing a lot of that middle road. I am missing the so, middle. Like I, like yeah. when I was writing it, I created, you know, on the fly sort of thing. Like I was writing a short story, which I can do pretty well, but it's like okay, after five pages or six pages, it's like okay, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I would say like the first step is maybe like once a week, just write a very basic outline, and just. Maybe write a few different outlines to see how you get from point A to everyone dies at the end. And then mm -hmm. see which one you like better. And then once you have like a, a general outline, you can kind of throw throw some meat on it, kind of beef it up a bit. And then, because I wouldn't start doing this until you are oh, I'm certain not gonna, that you yeah. want to do the outline. Yeah. Or until you're certain with, that you're okay with the outline that you have. But you have to build mm -hmm. that uh, the middle of the book first. You, you got to build, build the base, yeah. the base before you can have all the, you know, the sides. Yeah. The windows and all that, the roof. Yeah, you need yeah. that solid base first. Yeah, because like you know, I, I've had. I don't know exactly what what you want to do with the, the middle of the book, but um, I would definitely like you know start writing down ideas or thoughts and brainstorming mm -hmm. with that because you know, it'll make it easier. I just definitely need like a day. I think Sunday is finally a day I don't have anything to do. Like, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to see anybody. I can go to like a coffee shop or the library and just sit and do it. Because like I said, 47,000 times, too many distractions here. If I'm like really in the zone, I can like type on my bed and crank out a short story. But with this bigger project, I yeah. need the you know blinders on well, for a little while. All I know is... Uh, well, actually, I don't. I can't remember. What were the wise words from Gary Paulson? Just, just got to start. Just, writing. You got. You just have to write. You don't have it. You don't do have it. it like in your reach. The book. I mean, it's in my reach. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Hatchet is always within reach. I gotta buy that copy just to say I have it. Where did you get that? I think it was on Amazon. It was a 30th anniversary edition or something. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I, I got an Amazon gift card for Christmas, so I think I found something that i'm gonna buy it with actually I, I just bought a hardcover of my feral human book because i uh, i'm thinking of writing a sequel to it 
and uh well and before i write the dystopia series i think i could write a decent sequel but i want to reread it that's some breaking news right there folks you heard it here first i mean kind of i've been thinking about doing it for for months now i'm not even sure if i'm gonna do it but i want to read that then i gotta read the little novella that came after it and then this uh this story idea is it's, it's actually an old idea it's called it's either going to be called the dreadlands or a world of dread and fear not a happy place it's going to be really really uh post-apocalyptic because it, it's okay i think our fans have noticed that our uh stories are less than <laughs> uplifting yeah, okay. i mean i got a couple in there you got to find them yeah there it, this this won't be as dark as some of my more recent stories uh, on my webpage, my short stories, but it'll be, it takes place, it's like, it, I'm going to assume that most people haven't read my book, Fairly Human, or the sequel novella called uh, The Triple Entente, but basically, you know, you have these zombies, whatever, government's bad, yada, yada. Anyways, and then the novella, specifically, the, the short sequel that came after it, um, Zombies kind of take over much of the Southeast. Florida's basically lost. Uh, the crazy president that was in charge, he sent nuclear missiles after specific cities that were fighting against him. So you end up with this like partly radioactive area, partly like lost to zombie area. But then there's what? this one section. What? When was this published? 2019. Okay. Yeah. We end up with this one section. Well, what? I was just you're giving like cute. Like, just continue. I'll tell you later. It's just I was just it makes sense. I will say that all of this was basically an idea that came before any current or previous presidents. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Early development started in 2015. Okay, so that's all I, I needed. That's all it, I needed. At all the the, the government. Sending the virus, it, it all started in 2015, and I have okay. the receipts to show it. It is not a political message. Yeah, things just happen to work out the way that they did. <laughs> I just have to clear that in the air for but, our fans. Uh, I didn't think it was a political message because yeah, I, I we're not very subtle with our messages. Yeah, I, I generally mean, try not to get political. I don't mm -hmm. want to necessarily alienate audiences, but same. Um, I'm pr so the, the fairly human book did come out in 2018, which is you know about a year after the inauguration of the previous guy so i can see why people might have seen it as being political but it wasn't intended that way anyways this sequel i'm working on uh would take place in this area called the badlands where there's no government you know it's basically it's a libertarian's paradise you know basically there's, there's no government no state just you know there's a group that i call the highwaymen which are basically bandits there's independent towns that are mostly self-sustaining, but they're also trying to fight off these bandits. And, um, basically, super post-apocalyptic. Um, and the idea is that the main character's daughter from the previous book will be the main character. You know, and a few survivors from Florida because they ended up, they all had to escape from D.C. after everything fell apart. And then, you know, obviously the capital of their state, which was at the time Tallahassee, was destroyed so yeah big mess big ooga booga as one might say and uh so basically the story is just that you know them surviving in this even worse world but 
you know, I will see. I, I personally, I always loved post-apocalyptic uh, settings, you know. You know, uh, one of my favorite video games is the, or the series, is a Fallout series made by Bethesda uh, Softworks, you know. I was trying to figure out what that shirt was, because I'm, when it comes to video games, if it's not sport-related or, like, GTA V or, or LA Noir or Italian, that's nothing. I don't – I mean, I don't even know who makes the Mafia series because I lived it. <laughs> I honestly couldn't – can't remember. I think it's like Ubisoft or something. But anyways, that Fallout no, series nothing, – nothing there? Okay. Well, I missed, nothing. I missed it. But, you missed it. it continue. Yeah. It's too late now. Is something about meatballs and tomatoes? Uh, pretty much. But anyways, uh, so, you know, Fallout series, uh, multiple post-apocalyptic TV shows or movies all kind of like influenced Fairly Human from the beginning. And so I'm going to go even harder on that in this new sequel if I do it. It's been on the drawing board for like four years now. Fun fact, actually, Fairly Human, the book, takes place in 2022. So uh, hopefully oh, that that's that's uh, That's not a good sign. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. On that but note, I think this is going to be our last podcast because we, you know, <laughs> and it's only January 7th, but or, well, True. I guess actually it'll be January 14th. 14th. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say um, 2022 is also the year that Soylent Green takes place. So just saying, fairly recently, this new drink popped up on the grocery shelves called Soylent, and it actually tastes good, but it might be human. It's 2022, so. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I got so Soylent, the strawberry and banana flavored, had them because I recently had some teeth removed, and I couldn't eat, so I drank that stuff, and it was pretty good. Just a, an endorsement, an unpaid endorsement. Okay, we need we need an endorsement here soon. We're on episode what? Is this 15? Uh, this is episode 15, minus the two interviews. So this we, is technically we, would be our 17th filmed episode. We are banking. We we have we have broken the uh, after 10 episode podcast. Like people stop. It like doesn't work. So we have broken that. So I think now we need to build up a little bit more and find a pot sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we could try searching for sponsors. <laughs> that might help. That might help too. I, I honestly have not even taken the time to do it. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future. Maybe if maybe by the end I, of this year, I will search at least once. I promise. Unless I forget, I, I forget often. Yeah, kind of a lot, but a lot. Yeah. So yeah, that that short that uh. That sequel might be my next project because I, I have a lot of work I need to do on the dystopia series. And so in the meantime, you know, I could take this already established world, this already established, you know, series and just kind of add on to it. So I don't know why I started talking about that. Like, I feel like there was a reason or a point. Oh, the, the outlining and the, the, the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It stems back to that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I would have to do... I don't even have an outline for this series. These are just... What I do with my stories is if I ever come up with a possible idea, I just I grab a piece of paper, and I write down just a general idea of the story, you know? So here it's, you know, following the collapse of the coalition of the United States, the Midwest descends into anarchy with raider and highwaymen outposts popping up. A quarter of the coalition's territory is irradiated from the bombs. Another quarter is being annexed by the Augusta Federation, which I... 
think I changed that name of the book, but uh, I mean, this is an old paper. This book will introduce a new family or group who has to cope with oppressive highwaymen. They struggle to feed themselves and meet the quota given to them by the highwaymen. They have to supply foods to these bandits, otherwise they'll kill somebody or whatever. They also fight an internal desire to rebel against those bandits. Many believe a rebellion will lead to all of their deaths. Highwaymen raiders raided much of southern Canada, and with the fall of the coalition, they swooped into the western territories of the former coalition. Now, the coalition that I refer to here is a bunch of Midwestern states in the United States. Uh, they, this, these highwaymen are based out of Winnipeg. They now call it Bismarck their headquarters. Winnipeg um, is in Canada. For all you didn't who didn't know that, that's in uh, it is Saskatchewan. Got to remember, you're talking to a uh, creative writing English major who also combined majored with Canadian studies. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> yeah, well, they, they call that headquarters. They call it the Pig, you know. And then there's another place they call it the Annex, which is apparently in Toronto. I mean, it that's is. yeah. I, I honestly like I I don't. I wrote all this stuff down years ago, and I don't know why I wrote. Like I don't. I don't know how I got the Annex. I don't know how I got Winnipeg, but anyways the. You know, the leaders of the highwaymen, there's this one guy they call Randy Robin Hood. <laughs> I might have to fix some of this crap, but I mean, the, the idea is that you have these like bandits, then you have these survivors, and then it's just conflict. And then, although I'm also going to throw in, you know, the daughter from the previous book, and some other characters. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll. I just, oh. I mean, we already broke so I mean, we did some breaking news already. So I think if you are all our fans a little yeah. bit. I mean, one day it'll come out. I mean, if I don't do it now, I'll do it in like five years. So we'll see. It's, it's on the docket, you know. Fairly Human came out in 2018. The little short sequel came out in 2019. 2022 is a good time to release another sequel, I guess. And then, you know. Two is maybe a good time to release my first book. Like I promised. Yeah. I mean, it all starts with writing an outline. Maybe that's what we should both do after we finish filming. I'll write a brief outline for this. You could write just a brief outline for yours. And next week we can like discuss a little bit without divulging too much. Yeah. Because, you know, why, why tell us, why tell everybody what the book is about when they could... To be completely honest, how many people watching are actually going to read the full books that we have? One. At least one. Fair point, yeah. At least one. Are we excluding, like, the family members that listen to this? I think it's almost only family members. And or, okay. you know, uh, good friends who, who happen support to... our endeavors. Yes. You know. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It'd be... I think it'd be. I think uh, that that's. I know we tried to have like a, a second person story, like or an idea of it, or re- at least read one for like one episode. And I was the only one who did that, so we probably should actually. But I I know we like taxed ourselves like after record talking about uh, different perspectives. You're supposed to each read a second person story and then talk about it the next week. I read I read a second person story. I don't think you did. Oh, so so I talked about it. That one, yeah. Well, it's too late now because we already did the whole second person. I wrote 
a whole series with second period. Well, not a whole series, but three quarters series. of it was, yeah, time, which you guys can continue to read because it's still on my website. But we're only up, we're almost up to twenty views, which hasn't happened in like months. So it's exciting. Okay, this is the beginning. This is exciting. Twenty twenty two. That's that's the year that all of this takes off mm-hmm. like a rocket ship to the moon. To the moon. Or Mars. Oh, Mars. Mars is a little bit farther away. It is. But, you know, shoot well, we for can... Mars and maybe you'll hit the moon, I guess. Yeah. Inspirational mumbo jumbo. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I it guess sounds the... like we both have outlines we got to write. Uh-huh. And actually yeah. do it. Because I, I will say, I, I want to work on... I mean, I, I like doing spontaneous short stories, and I'll keep doing that. But I also Same. want to work on a project and since my dystopia series is still like i don't i don't want to go too deep into developing that story until i've taken my class on dystopia which starts in less than a week and is going to be going over a whole number of wonderful dystopian series i mean i've got books i want to read like i got that brave new world back here somewhere i still have like 94 i gotta read i have uh, a lot of research i gotta do but this requires no research. It's already done. So, actually, a good out. segue into our second topic, which was combining combining are these combining these projects with going back to school and working. Because we are multitaskers here on the Writer's Block Podcast. We are not one dimensional. We are three dimensional. I think. I think in many ways. Writers in general have to be. Have, they have to be. Because uh, if you're not multitasking, you probably are living in a box on yeah. the side of the road. And by multitasking, I mean, writing is one thing that we do, but we also do work and or continued education and or yes. other things, you know. Raise Especially, families. well, not me. We're not. Uh, not me. Yeah, but I, we're like. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I don't, I'll do families. <laughs> Especially the work part. Because kind of needs some source of income. Like my writing is not bringing me any sort of income. My, granted, it's granted it's not up there for Dubai. Yeah, I'm just generous in that regard and let everybody read my stuff for free. Oh, well, you know, thank you, good sir. How, how generous of thee to share thy words of wisdom and uh, <laughs> stories and such. Um, God, I mean, I, I I do the same thing. I mean, I personally like. I, I always say this. I, I don't. I don't write to get rich. You know, I write because I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy uh, the process. I enjoy talking about the process. You know, I. It's it's you know, one of the few things keeping me alive, probably, kind of sort of. And so, um, you know, uh, one day it'd be cool to make money off of it. It'd be cool to make a living off of it. One and, day it would uh, just be cool to have like. I think not even that's like the sole purpose or like, or the sole like source of income. Just be cool to be on a, you know, on a bookshelf somewhere for someone to buy. Yeah. Or you know, to take out at the library. Yeah. You know? And so that'd be know, cool. That would be cool. And I, I think for me, like until like I, I throw the eBooks on like a free promotion every, I try to do it at least twice a year. Cause I think I, I can only do it twice a year. Every I get like five days every six months or something. So I try to do that twice a year just so that people can get it. You know, because I, I just, I'm like, my big thing for the, for now until I start to get any kind of traction is to just 
get as many people to read it as possible. And it's easier to do that if it's free. So, you know, I get those the free eBooks out. I It's harder to do sales on the other like hard copies because like I already have it priced so cheap so that it mostly just covers the cost of print. But like, you know, I don't know, that's a whole other process. But yeah, um, balancing it all though is, uh, it's, can be difficult, but I think the, it's all about space, not pacing, timing. It's, it's about like giving yourself enough uh, time to do everything you need to do. Cause you know, so you're gonna have to dedicate at least 40 hours a week to work. So mm -hmm. labor, you know, bam, that's your job. All right, so you got seven days, eight hours of each day, of each eight hours of five of those days is to that. You know, maybe you have a, some more time you have to dedicate to other things like going to the gym or something stupid like that, you know. And then, <laughs> and then you get a little bit of time you got to set aside to um, for edu continued education. You know, I've got four classes coming up. You've got classes coming up. Yep. That takes time. I mean, I, I'm spending like half of my Tuesday just commuting and then taking this class in a different city because, you know, life is great. But so, you know, in between all that, you still have to find little pockets of time to either write or to develop your story or to outline or whatever. And, you know, as long as you don't overburden yourself with too much throughout the week, then you can do it. But the trick is not, you know, like, like for school, obviously, like you don't want to do all of your coursework on one day out of the week because you're no. going to want to die. Yeah. Not even too much. Like you, like you want to sprinkle it out throughout the week. You know, for, for my classes, I, I'll do, you know, maybe I'll do one reading each day, you know, because I've, I've got, uh, let's see, I got seven books for my classes coming up, plus a number of articles that I have to read. So ideally, you know, space out the readings so you don't have too much. You know, space out the papers you got to do because, you know, of course you got to do papers. Space out, you know, keep, keep, give yourself like a good, like balanced amount of work so you don't get overwhelmed and include time to write include time to develop your paper your, your books and stories and, yeah i you know i think uh for right now i'm gonna i will so i just signed up for these classes it's all self-taught so i don't was it beauty school though he said it was yeah it's beauty school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know how like how it, all it's gonna be like how it's gonna work out really i have all the courses or the videos so I'm going to try and dedicate at least one like evening a week to just write or outline at least for maybe half an hour, not force myself because, you know, sometimes I think forcing I yourself will you should, be, you shouldn't force, I, I just got to cut this in. You shouldn't force yourself to just write in general, but I think you can force yourself to outline because like, I think you, you at least still, outlining. Yeah. Uh, with the outlining, uh, I hate to do this, but I have to go back to my man, Gary Paulson. You can, I got to buy that book now, man. It's, it's got it. I might have to like it once we're done recording, I'm going to 10 bucks. Yeah. Oh, I got an Amazon gift card. Waiting oh, go, to to go to Canada and spend three bucks more. Two bucks more. That's what happens when the loony is like, I think I can't remember what it is to the dollar. It's always been kind of different. Yeah. Hey. That stuff's confusing. Economics in general is confusing. Yeah. It's just, I think what it is is, uh, I mean, I would assume that the Canadian dollar is worth a little bit more than the U.S. dollar. 
Probably. Somehow. Although, no, actually, yeah. the other way around, right? I don't know. Well, well that's why, yeah, because it there's it there, yeah, because it costs more in Canada. So this is not an economics class. Let's it is not. We are not a not but a point that I was trying to make. Those you can, for, like as long as you, like like the, the first thing you got to do is just have a outline, even if it's a bunch of dog turds roped together. At least you can say you have an outline. Then you can start kind of washing away the crap, and then adding in new things and so forth. You know, because I, I personally. You could, I think you could force yourself to write that. Just, I would actually do it today. I, I personally would just force yourself to just write. One well, I'm probably going to. And then throughout the next week or two or month, you can continue to flesh it out more. You can, oh, yeah, well, I could write in the scene here. I could write in this other crime here. And mm -hmm. I can do this and that and that, whatever. And then, then you've basically like start off with something, then refine it. You know, it's like the, was it when they, when they make marble statues, it's just one big block of marble. So just get your big block of marble, and then just start chiseling away. Yeah, no, I. Well, even I was thinking too, like when taking breaks from watch, like looking at the computer screen, I could outline on a piece of paper, like to take to give my eyes a rest or if, to give myself a break from learning all the time. <laughs> I could, you know, take a break and outline a little bit or do those note cards when the time comes. I would I would do it ASAP, especially if you still intend to get your book published by March. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I want to get because the first part of my course is I can get done in like if I sit down and really work on it, I probably could get it done in like two months, month and a half. So it's like, okay, do I do I get that part of the degree done or do I get my book like the manuscript done? Yeah. So I mean it could be, you know, I could amaze myself and get both done somehow. Yeah. I mean, the first step is getting an outline because there's no way you're going to have that book done by March if you don't have a an outline. A, a no, I, I've i definitely realized that when I've been trying to, like, free write. It's like, yeah. okay, I got the prologue down pat. That was super easy. And now it's the – because the prologue technically was like a short story with a cliffhanger. So it's now – diving into the actual you got to have scenes scene by scene by scene by scene by scene yeah. not just like you know being able to, to tell your reader where you're going how much you're drinking and then you're sitting in this empty house crying it's a little different than that <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit more research you know looking yeah. into uh, protocols and such like such stuff yeah so it's you know what all that research you can do in the outline too like as you mm -hmm. Once you get to the part where, oh, well, now they're at the morgue. Well, what are the what are the procedures with the morgue? What do they do with the body afterwards? But then you can add that onto the note cards once you get to that point. But yeah. first thing is definitely uh, getting an outline. Uh, an outline. Because, like, outlines, I'll be, I hate to do this, but I'm just going to pull out one of my random outlines that I did for. See, I don't know what I did with. I, said I, this one outline. I don't know. I had it. I don't know what the hell I did with it. Because I started an outline from where I stopped writing. So where that was going to be the, uh, I don't know, if, did we talk about it on the podcast or not, but where they're going to have his first, the Chief's going to have his first ever uh, um, press conference. Oh. Uh, going over that. I don't know where the heck. I have a lot of stuff up here. That's not good. I, I am very disorganized in this man cave. Well, because partially I, I'm like, 
room yeah. and board here. It's not really my room. It's grandma and grandpa's room full of stuff. I just have overtaken it with my stuff, which I don't have a lot of stuff. Other, other than a cat, that's a lot of stuff in itself. <laughs> so here's an outline that I I have. Like, I don't have a lot of stuff. I just, I the stuff that I do have is not always that organized. I have a lot of books, which I kind of want to downsize, if I'm being honest. I don't need this many books. But uh, so here's an outline that I did for The Sound of Silence, the one that is basically like Carrie. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven pages of outlines. Oh, eleven pages worth of an outline. So um, I went through you know major points that I wanted to get done for each chapter. So each each page is a chapter's worth. So there's eleven chapters to plan, and. Uh, you know, it, basically, I, as detailed as I could, I wanted to know what was going on. And this is, you know, I ultimately broke this down further into the cards, yada, yada. So that's, you know, that's kind of what I would do for, I, that's what I would do for your novel, is throw out, a, like, for example, I've got, you know, basically, like, actually, each each one of these tick marks is basically a, a scene which I would eventually break down, you know, and okay. talks about, you know, at this point they're at the, the church and the people are doing all their tongue stuff. They're all, I, I'm telling you, Reese, just do it. YouTube video, Pentecostal talking tongues, some weird stuff, religious stuff. My, I think it's not weird. This. Okay. It's, in case we have, in case we uh, have some paratongue it's, listeners, it's, it's unique. It's very it's unique. unique. My, so my, my mother, um, her family used to be Pentecostal, I guess. And she, one of the reasons why I chose this was because she told me when she was a kid, she would go to the church with her parents and her parents should be doing this. Well, the tongue thing, it's its a, supposed to be a language. And this is, this is the Italian side? Italian and Polish. Wow. I, it's really weird. I don't, I don't fully understand it because they're also, they're also Catholic. There's a lot of confusion in it to me. I don't fully get it. It's all weird. Sounds like they're sounds like they're just trying to fit in, so they're Maybe. just trying I, to find a bunch of stuff to so do. Like my my mom's, so my mom's dad's side was Catholic, came from Poland. If you know Poland, they're fairly Catholic, you know. Uh, well, so are the Italians. I mean, yeah. My I mean, grandmother wakes up. Grandma wakes up every morning, does a rosary. Yeah, I mean, Italy is the you know. The birthplace of, well, not the birthplace, but it's the, the capital of Christendom, so to speak. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, my mom's mother's side is Italian, Sicilian to be specific, you know. That there is a difference. Yeah. In their eyes, there is a big difference. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the equivalent of like Quebec seeing themselves as different than the rest of Canada. Yeah. And so, but it, that, I think it was that side. I think they were, is it my, that's, I think my, my mom's mom was Catholic, but. My mom's grandmother, I think, was Pentecostal. And I think she's the one that kind of... I, I don't know the whole story, to be honest. But anyways, all I know is my mom, she told me about how they, they went to this church and their parents are doing this thing where they're... The, the tongue thing is just... It's a language of God or something like that, or it's God speaking through them. And I... Like, all this information, like, to me, it was... It's different, for sure. But it's fascinating at the same time. Because I... 
use that whole thing to make this to make the story because like the, the daughter the one that's kind of she's the daughter's not crazy but she's like kind of going crazy because she's like why am i not why can't i do this because like i think the idea is that you know god's supposed to take over your vocal cords or at least that's what she thinks you know and so that was why it was very integral to the story for the that religion to be part of it but um anyways worth worth watching that on youtube if you can find it because it's okay. it's something it's something else it's something different but uh yeah so it, you know it's a fairly detailed outline though and i would try to go for something like that if you can and obviously the more information you get out you know the easier it is in the long term and like I, i'd throw I, I don't i don't really put a lot of dialogue in this but if there's a certain conversation that i want to have that i won't happening i'll throw it in here kind of you know get it all going i i did a lot of work on this series kind of i gotta get back to it at some point well i know i think it's gonna be tough for me in like the first maybe week or two because i gotta get i god i can't i think the last it's been almost what is it 2022 early just i graduated in 2018 so it's been at least four years since i've taken a class yeah so I have to get back into that, especially now that it's like self-taught. I have to remind myself like, hey, you're paying for this stuff. Let's make sure we do a little bit today. So you know what I mean? And yeah. not wait until my day's off to do all this stuff. Yeah. So this isn't really writing related, but this is a schedule I printed out for one of my classes. CPO 4034, the development of... Is it a syllabus? No, this so is when a... everything um, is due? It's, it's a... Uh, Basically, oh. the calendar, so I can. Oh, okay. I know when things are due, and like for example, January tenth, I got to do a couple of readings. Big, big on calendar stuff. A lot was, of readings. Yeah, I taught myself that actually, in where uh, that was taught in that college. I used to. There was uh, an advisor, who like main, he advised, but he also like helped out, especially first years. We weren't allowed to call beef call freshmen. It was first years snowflakes snowflakes anyway so freshman freshman year they, they he like had the seminar where he kind of explained i was lucky enough to have like a like a one-on-one to like even focus in a little bit more but to write everything on like a can't go out and buy a calendar and write you don't have to write all the week like if you have a weekly quiz or weekly yeah. reading you don't have to write that down there because you know but all the major projects do go through all your syllabus syllabi syllabuses syllabuses i think it's syllabi <laughs> and Probably. put everything everything that's major like a research paper or a unit test or yeah. something like midterm and stuff and put it on the calendar so you know so you'll be able to see what everything's doing i think i'm gonna have to do that with but it's again it's different because i i'm like okay six months i have six months to do this and then I have up to January 5th of 2023 to do the rest. So I think I, in my head, I have to come up with like uh, due dates, like self due date stuff. This is all like, I guess it's kind of connects to writing if you want to have like due dates for, you know, chap certain amount of pages or certain amount of chapters. Yeah. But I don't know. That's a, that, that was a, side diatribe thing yeah i think the the trick is, is just giving yourself enough time to do everything you need to do and then also not overburdening yourself because you know 
if you get overwhelmed and you end up kind of shutting shutting yeah. down yeah or just you know you end up with subpar work and then not only does your work suffer but your grades will probably suffer so uh-huh. yeah this is slowly turning into like a sort of pseudo school advisement thing and then luckily luckily for me i don't have any i don't know how i'm graded on stuff other than like the test i have to take at the end yeah i'm not graded on anything i don't think because it's self-taught i don't know i have to look into it again (laughs) anyway (laughs) side note yeah but i think yeah i will balance that definitely the balancing act is going to be i'm gonna have to reteach myself that you're already in the you've been doing it for a while so you have it down pat more or less i mean it's like publishing books you have that down pat like it's nothing i mean the thing is is like i wrote that first book i wrote in 2017 i started writing it in 2015 technically and i wasn't in school back then so like that that whole thing was God, I, was, I think I finished writing it in 2017. But I didn't really start going heavily. I didn't go heavy into school until late 2017, early 2018. Or maybe it might have just been 2018. But um, and I also, like, I mean, it depends. Like, the, the second major book I wrote, I wrote it in, like, a month and a half. And I think it was also 2017. Maybe it was 2018. I don't know. It's just it's a matter of just finding time to write and then also being in that mood to write because yeah. like if you can if you're motivated to write you can pound out a bunch of crap in a decent amount of time but you know gotta just be in that mind i haven't really hit that mindset for my book anyway since i wrote my prologue really yeah. I, I i don't often get into it because like that's like a, a, a synchronization of of like two different you know, energy forces or something, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it, but like, like the last couple of books I wrote, like, I just, I think once I, once you get into that, that synergy, then, you know, you can, at least for me, I was able to just dump out a, you know, 50,000 words or so, but um, it helps to have the outline before you get into that moment though, because then, you, yeah. can, you know, like when you've got the outline, you can basically, you can imagine the whole story already. At that point, you, you know exactly where you're going. You know where you're at. You know what's on between the whole meat and potatoes. And then once you get once you hit that, then it's just you know type 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 type. Get purple do, tunnel. You know. Yeah. Do you put like if weather is important? Do you put like or even if it's not important? Do you add those details or do you as Sometimes. you write? You're like okay, I'm you know um, like. It's like, like in the, you mean on the cards or just writing in general? Just a, in, like on the cards, on your outline, or as you like, as you're writing the scene out for, you know, your final or p- part of your manuscript, you're like, oh, I think I should add that it's raining. And like um, for me, like I explained before, small towns plus rain equals like basically no business. Yeah. Like no one wants to go out. So I feel like sometimes I need to add that to like set up the scene. Like it's a slow day. Everybody's bored. Yeah. Especially if. You depends know. on if it serves a story, I guess. Like, you know, if, um, yeah, it depends on the scene. Like, if it's required, and yeah, or if it's important, you know. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't really write it. Like, if it's, you know, sometimes I write if it's afternoon or if it's morning, but whether or not it's cloudy or not isn't, you know, it doesn't always matter. To me. Well, it's funny because, like, I know the last book that I read and the one I'm reading now, I, I pick out details that, 
I don't feel like are necessary, yeah. you know, which and that's just part of my, but... yeah. And that's just part of my writing style. Like I need, I want to be, I want to have enough details for you to understand what's going on or this, you know, what's going on within or like the scenery, but down to it, it's like, I want to get like to the point. Yeah. I don't know how important it is to know that it's like slightly overcast. There's a little bit of dew on the grass this morning, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds nice, but like, does it really matter? You know, Mm -hmm. I guess the only time, the only time, it, it plays like one of the times it plays an important role. Like for me in the rational series, like one of the, or sorry, time, excuse me, the time series. Um, one of the stories I used cloudiness to like depict the mood of like how the ending of like what the, what you thought like the ending was, the outcome was going to be. And then the same thing with the sun. And then when the, when you're finally going to like the, <laughs> When you're finally going, I'm Italian. I can't help it, man. <laughs> but like, and then when you get to that, like, um, the the climax of the whole story, it's sunny but also overcast. So you kind, of, so you have the reader not really know what's going to happen until they have to read to the end. That's yeah. the one time. And then the thunder. That's the only time I used weather was thunder in the second to last story to depict. No one's picked it up yet. Like I had to explain it to a couple people already. I was like, "That's disappointing." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's so that kind of to be honest with you, that specifically is why I would. This is gonna. I feel terrible every time I say this, but that's why I kind of want my audience to be more of like general readers, because like general readers who read more frequently as opposed to family or friends might be able to pick up on literary cues like that. You yeah, know I mean. Like, I don't know if the average person is going to read this and, like, well, like interpret the implicit, in, you know, things in it. Well, like, the, yeah, that's a good point. Because the first, uh, Irrational, the ri- like, the, the first one. No, no okay. orig- the Irrational, the first one. I had to explain, like, I had my, my friend read it, and I had to explain, like, these certain details, what they actually meant. She goes, oh, okay, I would have never, I never picked that. And she reads. Which details? But she didn't. Like, um, if you don't mind me asking, oh, it, no, like, wasn't one like of them the, was, where, was it similar to like how I thought that like the family died or something like that? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, well, the that's kind of like one of them, yeah. like the, the showing of the picture is one of them, but like even before that, it was jog the, the jostling of the doorknob, expecting to hear something that didn't have that, that you didn't that the, you didn't hear anymore, opening the door, and then like what you expected to see. And then you just act, but reality was you saw darkness. Um, and then well, there, there's a couple more, but they didn't, he, they just thought it was just part of the story. And then when I explained it to them, they're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah. It is one of the, you know, it is one of the uh, conflicts of writing is well, being I able guess to I'll, get all of your thoughts like into the story, but in a way that they're, obvious enough to be picked up on you know well i mean in my story i'm going to give hints and clue like in my novel i'm going to give clues throughout the book to help you figure you figure i mean yeah. you think it's really like the first one you think it's super easy for to for people to pick up on i think so i don't know if you want to i don't know if we should talk about this because uh, but i don't I mean, want to yeah but it's, uh, but again you but i mean but 
like on the set. I'm going to spoil this though. The second to last story in time, the thunderclaps are the thunder. The the, thunderclaps. The, uh, <laughs> the thunder like is the paddles to wake you up because you're yeah. dying, and that's why it, like it's raining and got dark and all that's going on. It's because you're dying and they can't revive you. Like you picked Spoiler. up on it and like spoil like you you picked up on that in like 20 seconds. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that's and, what I mean by like, because like I, because I kind of write in the same way, right? I like to have, like, in a way, it's like a story within a story. You have this other thing going on, but it's all sort of implied, and you have to be able to pick up on it. And I do, you know, it's it's fun, you know, but it's fun to write that way because obviously it's, you know, people don't pick. Well, I do have uh, so I I did follow a, an author, an up and coming author. Like he's fine. He's having his first book published in um uh, march so i think about pre-ordering it like i've been liking the stuff and he finally followed me back so i'm thinking about under DMing. shadow no you know his name shut up eli i don't know how to say his last name uh some corner no it's corner I, I it's not corner but it's croner i think he lives in arkansas he's having he actually is his audio book he like did himself he read the whole he just finished like producing his own audio like his audio book but anyway i was thinking about like sending the uh the, the time series oh. um like dming him be like hey find like this is uh, fine you know but it's yeah. like also this is like fanboy bull crap uh, random question how many followers does he have he has a decent amount like he has he no, has if it's more than a thousand i wouldn't do it just because he's probably going to be like you know no i've noticed there's a lot of i do follow a number of i also follow a number of like indie authors and i've noticed but he's been like the difference is he's been sh like shout out like he like people have been praising his book yeah like, i'm talking about are DM specifically. Oh, okay. uh, generally some people aren't too fond of that yeah or they aren't you know i don't know how to say how to but uh, anyways you could always just be like hey i'm a indie author as well mind if i run this project by you right i also should say i think i probably should pre-order his book i would tell him that. i pre-ordered your book too i don't know it could no. be weird he might be like oh god ultra That's mega true. fanboy yeah gonna show up outside my house probably <laughs> oh i mean i don't know, I don't know where I, I don't know where my phone is or i would tell you how many i mean it's not that important but yeah um yeah yeah I mean, and, and and I know it's like authentic because he's not trying to sell the same like his same four books on Eba over and over again and using the same one tweet about how oh, you can have like I can have like a class presentation like this. I had to unfollow this one guy who oh. was just like constantly. I think it was like a spam DM like yeah, buy my are. audio, you know. I, like, I, usually, I either I do the same thing where I either unfollow them or I just mute them. But yeah, yeah, some of that stuff's a bit too much. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I haven't actually, I I've only had an interaction with a couple other indie authors, and it's usually like, usually they'll, they'll be like, "Oh, thanks for following me back" or whatever. Because like, there's a, a few years ago, like when I first started really writing and really trying to get out there, like a number of people would. I'd follow a number of people, they would follow me back, and they'd be like, thanks for following me back, blah, 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 blah. And some people were like, hire me if you need editing. 
stuff like that. But, you know, it's been quiet for the last three years, though. So, <laughs> but I mean, if you can build that, like, if you can build a rapport with them, that'd be cool. Get them on the pod. That would be great. I mean, we haven't had an interview in a while. We haven't. So, there's one still kind of in the books. I have to figure out the deep. There's someone who's committed to do oh, really? an interview. Remember, I told you this already. Yeah, I figured. Since it hadn't happened, I figured they would. Well, I, it was the hot, but then it was the holiday season. I forgot to bring it up, you know. But they were definitely down to do it because they are literature. I think they're going for their literature PhD for. That's commitment. Yeah. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> they're going to definitely outshine me in the, the smarty pants aspect. I don't know. You could go was, neck and neck. I, I, no disrespect, but a degree in uh, writing or literary stuff or genre fiction or English, it, it's it's tough. It helps, I, but it doesn't make you a Stephen King or a, you know. It it's any, tough. I mean, firsthand, I'm getting, I'm going to tech school for something I didn't even remotely study. Yeah, in college. Was it uh, cosmetology? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's why, I, like, that's the only reason why I didn't go for creative writing for my degree, because, like, well, for one, I mean, I, I do some of my own research for it, you know, and also because, you know, that it's never a guarantee that you're going to be able to find work. It's not going to be a guarantee that you're, like, your work might be better, but you still need that, uh, that luck well, that way. And this this Eli Croner, if apologize for not butchering, butchering his last name, he's a school teacher. Like he doesn't, he writes on the side. Like he has, wow. he's a. That's actually kind of what I wanted to do, to be honest. Remedial English teacher for tenth graders, I think. Huh. Yeah. Well, he might not be able to come on a podcast, and I don't know if, uh, considering some of your language that you used in the previous week, I don't think you'd want his school uh children to, to see such a vulgar language you know it's a good one there would you edit it and mute it mute me or just have to like oh no, that's, so, that's all out oh, there okay that's good to know because that's that has premiered oh yeah yeah everyone's the thousands of people that are pouring into seat right now they're all going to hear your your vulgarity you know yep that's tough i think on that note it might be time to sign off because I'm, I'm embarrassed I'm, I'm just, you might have to run this pod solo pretty soon i might have to kick myself off for being time out for a week or two because of my language i have appropriate <laughs> language i mean i uh i have been practicing uh you know solo videos for a while but i don't know it'd be tough you know what i'd probably do is i'd just get a sock puppet and i would just pretend like you were still there you know there you go that i could do i could have my cat uh, take my place for two weeks. Yeah, yeah the Todd and Sully show. That's yeah. an idea. That's an idea. Is he just back there sleeping? Yeah. Oh, jealous. It's almost, it's almost dinner time. What five thirty? Yeah, it's dinner time for him pretty soon. By dinner time, I just throw wet cat food in his dry cat food dish, and that's it. Well, that's uh, that sounds scrumptious. Scrumptious. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Well, I guess before we get into the the, the finishing 
home. Oh God, yeah. I mean, we're probably like an hour and twenty minutes into this. Yeah, I think we need to. Um, I think we should hold off on that last topic for next time. All right. Well, I guess fair enough. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you're doing that, uh, thanks for being a part of this adventure for us because this is a uh, you know we're we're doing this for you guys, but we're also doing it for ourselves. You know, we're we're learning as, as we, we go. go along. You know? Exactly. So and, technically, uh, we're in school, and that for that we have to pay for, and then we're in free school. <laughs> this is free school. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Unless and you have to pay for like utilities, then the Wi-Fi is definitely not free. Yeah, I was it's saying, yeah, not free school. The cost of Wi-Fi, the cost of the camera, the microphone. Yep, the microphone. Yeah, yeah, but you know, investments. You know, investments. Uh, but yeah, it's been been quite a time, um, and I come back and see us again next week because we'll have another one we're always we going to have another episode unless one of us gets hit by a bus in which case we might need a week off we might we might need a couple of days yeah you know find a replacement and such or we could just have some we can zoom in from the hospital bed yeah well i mean no. yeah well like the the issue would be like if, if one of us like gets hit by a bus and also dies ah, okay yeah, yeah i didn't yeah. yeah that's a good point then we're yeah. definitely gonna have to find a replacement yeah yeah that's for that would be time consuming. We need at least a week and a half. Yeah. Well, one of us would need a week and a half. We're going to gonna have to find a call. Or we just have, you know, go solo for a little while. But mm -hmm. I've definitely learned that I know people, especially like old sports, uh, like athletes who were given like a three hour radio show to like, you know, talk about stuff. They're like, I ran out of stuff for three minutes. So it would definitely be tough to do a podcast by yourself. It, it wouldn't be easy. It would not be easy. But we should stay away from such morbid subjects. Yes, we should try to. Our, our writing is morbid enough. I think yeah. we need to stay away from talking yeah. about it. Let's get back to our regular stuff, like my post-apocalyptic, horrible living condition that's called a world of dread and fear. And you can go back to your crime thriller where crime. young women are being murdered and being found or their beach their uh, bodies are floating onto a beach yeah well, at least the first one did spoiler alert there's more than one eventually oh my gosh you should do, uh, <laughs> one of those one of them should be all right, all right look up laura palmer and one of your deceased victims it should be just like that laura palmer but look up look it up on youtube okay twin peaks I'll okay. tell you more well, afterwards. Let's just cut this up now. Okay. That way we can let our hostages go. Uh, thank you, guys. Check out our Twitter Twitter. Accounts, our websites, merch. merch. You know the drill. If you're still watching, still listening, you're the MVP, okay? Because, holy crap, it's been a long conversation. And uh, I'll, we'll see you guys next time. Farewell.